Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Welcome to sports on a Sunday morning. There's a swing and a long one. That's a goner for Bader. Touchdown, Kansas City. Johnson pops a three. Oh, the Bayou Billiken says I'm involved too. On America's Four Toys, KMOX. Tom Ackerman with you, and welcome to the show. Wow, do we have a lot going on. Can I just drop the name Nolan Arenado? No, he's not coming on the show, but yes, we're talking about him, of course. And Derek Gould is going to be with us in just nine minutes to give us the latest on that situation as the Cardinals widely reported to be agreed upon mostly on this trade. There's still a lot. It's just very complicated. There's a lot of money involved, Brian Kelly, and we're going to get into that with Derek Gould of the Post-Dispatch. That's coming up at 10:15. Highly anticipated uh, trade that really uh, shook the earth, I would say, in the baseball world. And before we talk some hockey, what was your reaction? I was surprised. I mean, everybody's going, you know, come on, Mo, do something. When Mo's going to do something? What is Mo? And, I, you know, it might have been a little hint when Adam Wainwright the other day said something about things are looking good or looking up or something to that effect. And uh, I think he had an idea of what was going to break. But uh, it's it's very exciting. You talk about some uh, some strong corners for the Redbirds. Holy cow. Yeah, I mean, the best they've had since Pujols and Roland. And in terms of glove, I mean, they're, it's, it's as good as you could possibly imagine. I mean, these two guys are going to lock it down at that position. Arnato is a gold glover in each of his eight years. Goldschmidt is outstanding at the position. Both of them can hit. You'd imagine they're going to be right next to each other in the batting order. Still a lot, though, to be uh, determined before it's official, so we'll keep an eye on that. Yeah, it was John Mosellock on the show here last week. I mean, he told us, he said, I'm very hopeful that we find a way to do something here in the near term and take that step forward when I asked him about Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright, and he was uh, very specific in saying that it was about those two, even though he doesn't talk about free agents, he said he would mention those two, and so I mean, he was right. They got the job done with Wainwright, and now you know the reports are, Cardinals aren't saying anything about it, but the reports are that Yadier's going to sign as soon as he f- he's finished with this uh, Caribbean series, and then you have Arenado. So he said after that, and still doing some other things out there too. Well, those things turned out to be a massive deal 
that is not quite yet done. And I would never fault anybody for dismissing or, you know, rolling their eyes or being angry or upset. Like, that's all part of being a sports fan. Completely understand it. That's the passion of Cardinals fans. Whether you are all on board or whether you're pessimistic or angry, it's because you love the team. So no no way would <laughs> should anybody ever feel bad about, gosh, I, 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 I didn't think Mo would get it done. Well, I mean, you're a fan, and you like it. What you don't want is for somebody to be like, Cardinals, what? Uh, I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, right? Um, I, I don't think that the Blues ever got there. I was worried about it for a little while back in the day when they uh, really were a bad team. Uh, and they have, for the last decade, made a climb into one of the elites in the NHL. Last night, Brian, they put on a show. I mean, that was really something. I want to play this for you. This is Fox Sports Midwest. Here's the call. John Kelly, Darren Pang. The wasn't quite ready for it. The goalie wasn't ready for it. The second one. Uh, Shattenkirk and Getzlaff weren't quite ready to defend, so Blues still, oh, here we go. Here's Cairo again, and he scores again. Unbelievable Jordan Cairo. What a story, and the Blues lead 3-0. He is unbelievable. Five goals, three assists for him, BK. Eight points is more than he's had uh, all of last season, and the Blues, with three goals in the first 206, do it faster than any Blues team in history, fifth fastest in the NHL. They beat the Kings 6-1. to one. What did you think? Uh, the, 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 Ducks, out, the Ducks, rather, 6-1. Right. to one. Yeah, yeah, the way they came out was just so impressive. And Jordan Cairo, I mentioned this earlier, if you remember what how the Blues handled Petrangelo, they sent him back to junior a couple years and, and really nursed him along until he was ready to, to take that role that he eventually grew into. And Jordan Cairo, same type of thing. He played in San Antonio a couple of years, you know, and those of us who saw the, the headlines as he came up, one of the best players in the Ontario League, were thinking, oh, this, he's going to jump right in. Well, he didn't, but they nursed him along. They, they got him to a point where now he looks like a totally different player than we've seen before. He's playing with confidence. He's playing with a little bit of the strength that he has grown into. And another case of where the Blues management handled a young player apparently just the right way, and he is going to be fun to watch for years to come. Absolutely. You know, he's bought in. It's about puck battles. It's about playing a two-way game, and he totally gets it, and it actually has helped him get those goals and get some offense and get some confidence. Here he is. 100%. I mean, you know, the biggest thing is compete, and it's always being on the puck, always being tenacious and, you know, creating those turnovers. And when you do that, you get more chances, and, you know, the more chances you get, the more more times you're going to put in the net, so he's going to keep that up. Boy, he has some electric ability, doesn't he? And then Jordan Bennington, the other Jordan, played well in net and actually commented, Brian, that yeah, it is not easy sometimes. You go up 3 nothing, and the team can kind of back off, but to their credit, Ducks came charging at him, Blues held their own, and then they were able to add some goals later in the game and won it 6-1, to one, and Bennington's played well. I'll be curious to see what happens tonight, won't you, to see if he plays in back-to-backs? Uh, it will be interesting to see that. Also to see how the Blues react, because they've had trouble in the second games of back-to-backs, which this season is basically made up of. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how they come out. And I think we also have to point out Justin Falk. Remember last year, a lot of people had him playing in Seattle next year. And uh, I don't think that's going to happen. He has really solidified himself as a leader on this Blues team. And he looks like a totally different player from last year. He has just been outstanding. No, you're absolutely right. He had a great game yesterday. Justin Falk was terrific. Jordan Cairo had two goals and an assist. Falk had a plus four rating yesterday. Cairo now with five goals. Perron had a huge goal, I yes. thought. Big, big goal in the second period, right? Uh, to give the Blues that uh, 4-1 lead, and then you kind of – 
uh, didn't have to worry about anything anymore. Perron scored. The big red dog scored again. Kyle Clifford had a second goal, and Vinny Dunn gets a goal late. And I know it put the Blues up five, but we got to get Dunner going, don't we? Yeah, and after being a sat down the other game, he came back and he he realized what he has to do to stay on this roster, just to keep playing. I mean, there were talks the other day that he's already on the training block, and the Blues are like, no, nah, let's not go that far. Uh, but but by uh, sitting out a game and getting the message from Coach Bruby, he came right back out and and did a fine job last night. So all you know, everything worked on all the cylinders, and let's just hope. Like I said, they keep it up tonight in Anaheim at Game Two in that back to back. Yeah, fun game last night. I'll be watching tonight. Looking forward to it. I'm actually in Terre Haute, Indiana. I'll be on Fox Sports Midwest before the Blues are. I have Indiana State Bradley here. Yesterday uh, called the game down in Carbondale with Northern Iowa beating Southern Illinois 74-62. Speaking of college basketball, Xavier Pinson will be with us at 10.30 today. 36 points for him as Mizzou beat TCU 102-98 in overtime. Travis Ford will be along with us at 10.45 to give us some scheduling updates for his team as he had a game that was postponed at the last moment against Richmond. So we'll get an update on everything that's going on there. And also, we'll touch on the Illini. They had a big win over Iowa over the last uh, couple of days. People are definitely buzzing about the Illini. We will hear Brad Underwood's thoughts about the fighting Illini. And then the 11 o'clock hour, Josh Klingler, the sideline reporter for the Kansas City Chiefs, will join us to talk about the Super Bowl at 11.05. And then the rest of the 11 o'clock hour is one of the greatest defenders in the world and that is Becky Sauerbrunn the captain of the United States women's national team along with us on sports on a Sunday morning part of my garage happy hour BK I appreciate it very much have a great day you too Tom thank you Derek Gould is next on KMOX from KMOX sports here's the pitch welcome back to sports on a Sunday morning on America's sports voice KMOX Welcome back to the show. Tom Ackerman with you and joining us on the line, the highly anticipated visit from my friend Derek Gould, the Post-Dispatch beat writer, does a terrific job covering the Cardinals, and he's been on the Arenado beat for like two years. Uh, how are you, Derek? <laughs> is, that, is it two years? Let's, let's think about this. I feel, I feel so, like it. So it would go back to spring training, so end of 2018, Slash spring training 2019 that yeah. that it was kind of like okay this is this is the guy that they're looking toward um, so yeah wow that's that's uh, and well not to mention just in in general seeing him play often in Coors Field not not that he's in the division or anything but you know I I tend to frequent you know a few ball games there over the years even when the Cardinals are not playing for obvious reasons. Yeah, I mean, you really are like the perfect guest here because you have that connection to Colorado. You are, and you you, you have the, the history of covering the story, and, of course, you cover the Cardinals uh, so well for the Post-Dispatch. But, you know, also, I agree with you. Like, I think maybe five, six, seven years ago even, watching Arenado play and the spectacular plays that he made and hearing our guys on the radio and Dan McLaughlin on TV calling, I always thought, man, like if there was just a chance that you could land a player like that and put him in a Cardinal uniform, uh, wouldn't that be special? And, and it was a long time coming, but we're right on the doorstep here. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's just let's start uh, and go backwards a little bit. What is the latest that you know, Derek, that you can share with us in terms of uh, what needs to be done for something like this to become official? So the, <laughs> this this deal is <laughs> is quite complex, and it, and it seems like with each you know as as we start to understand 
more about it and maybe why um, it was so complicated for the Cardinals and Rockies ownership to kind of get this done was, you know, just these little intricacies that have to be approved, right? And not only just approved, like if, just for some background, if there's money involved in a deal, right, then the commissioner, if it's over a certain amount, has to approve it. That'll go to the commissioner. Um, you know, if there are rewrites of contracts, um, if there are some deferment of money, the union has to sign off on that because they want to make sure that it's not obviously influencing the market, changing present day value, all these things, right, that are important to both sides. And that's what the Cardinals and Rockies and Arenado, let's be honest, and Arenado have walked into um, Arenado's willingness to defer money, Arenado's willingness to talk about um, how that opt out works and what, what he wants um, to waive his no trade clause, all those things. Um, you know, this is what they've gone into is almost like, for lack of a better word, and I probably should have put this in the paper. Maybe it will. I'll probably use the phrase tomorrow. They've entered into baseball's bureaucracy. And that's where things are. Um, You know, as of yesterday that I really wasn't able to get and I I wish I could a sense of the timetable. Um, They don't they don't work bank hours. So they are working this weekend. Um, and you know, the idea is that it could take all weekend. It could go into next week. Um, you know, I guess as far as logistics go, uh, Nolan Arenado has been working out in Florida. Um, part of this deal would be physical, would be a physical likely the Cardinals have done that before when they do an extension with a guy, certainly the Rockies are going to want to know the medicals on the players that they're getting, um, player players at last check who could be involved in this have not heard a thing. Um, agents of players who could be involved in this have not yet heard a thing. And that, again, speaks to the fact that the deal isn't going to get, com- you know, isn't going to rush to a finish until they get approval from the two bodies I mentioned before, the commissioner's office and the players' union. Yeah, I have also been in touch with one of the agents of one of the players that was mentioned, and they had not heard anything at last check either. So yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's very much uh, still on That's the table. That's not unusual. Needs- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so it needs to be passed around a little bit, and there's a lot of money involved. Uh, the $50 million is a significant chunk of change, but he is owed 199 in total. And then there is the question about the opt-out. I mean, I guess you could basically assume that he's going to fall in love with St. Louis, but also leaving a lot of that money, uh, that guaranteed money, seems to be pretty iffy This in, in where we how we're living right now right i mean in the financial climate of baseball you that's that's a lot of money guaranteed out there that i'm not certain 100 percent certain that he gets again i know that there have been some reports of a second opt-out coming after 2022 um that has not been something that i've been able to pin down but that makes sense um as far as a structure goes because it would allow him an additional year for baseball to get its footing and see where he is and if he likes St. Louis stay, if if he wants to go somewhere else, then the Cardinals will have gotten two excellent years out of him, right? Because he would think that he can make more or uh, or have a place of his choice, um, you know, after that point. So um, I get the, like, theory behind that, and that speaks to what you're talking about there, is the, the, the financial aspect of where they are now is not, great i mean they're coming out of a pandemic where they weren't able to or we're still in the pandemic they're coming out of a season where they were unable to sell any tickets and also you're on the cusp of a brewing labor strife so you don't really know what this next 20 
four months of baseball is going to be like. So you have to kind of bet that if it gets right, that whatever the situation is today, it's going to be better at the end of 2022 when you could make that choice. I've had a few people text me this morning and last night, for that matter, and ask, what, John Mozeliak's not coming on the show? He's always on the show. Well, <laughs> uh, it's a little different now. I mean, whether it's John Mozeliak or Mike Schilt or uh, one of the Cardinals players, they're not going to be talking about Nolan Arenado until this thing comes down officially. Uh, but in the meantime, they have gotten active. I mean, here they are. Adam Wainwright is back. That's official. He's back with the Cardinals and the Blues, apparently. Uh, and also, uh, you know, the the reports about Yadier Molina. Let's start there. Mm-hmm. What are you hearing uh, about Yadi moving forward? He's about to face Carlos Martinez today mm-hmm. in the Caribbean Series. Um, you know, Cardinals have a one-year offer out to him for, you know, or a guaranteed one-year offer out to him to come back for 2021. Um, he, he has wanted to play in this Caribbean series, uh, be the DH for Puerto Rico's representative uh, there. He's never had this chance. They're playing in Mazatlan. Uh, the tournament goes till February 6th. It starts with a round robin. And, you know, the Cardinals are optimistic. And on Yadier Molina's side, they're optimistic that when he returns, um, that he'll agree to a deal and be back. I, I mean, it's just a matter of, now actually kind of, I hate to use the word finalizing because we've, we've reserved that. We've overused that word here. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, he's he's going to come back. It's just a matter of what it looks like. And, you know, the timing is going to come after this tournament. Yep. And uh, Adam Wainwright, what a nice, uh, really nice just piece of news, I think, to, to bring Cardinals fans. I hate using the word positivity during this uh, pandemic, but some positivity among everybody. I mean, it just really felt good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and positive. And then you have, uh, you know, Nolan Arenado's coming. I, I think this opens the door to, to a lot of possibilities. I mean, who wouldn't want to be on this team right now? So it's just a matter of math, isn't it? To try to figure out what else you can do beyond this, Derek. Yeah. Yeah. And it may be fine tuning. Like it might be, you know, they, they have, they, they want to do something with the depth of middle infield. They've been clear about that. They got Rondone on a minor league deal. That could be the guy that they turn to there. They could continue looking elsewhere. Um, they might, you know, look at what trades are out there, um, you know, to again bring some clarity. They've been really reluctant to move on from a few guys because of the Randy Orozarena, you know, factor. And they've seen him go off and, star elsewhere and they don't want some of these guys to to do that same thing when they could do that for them here um you know the the dh you know is that going to happen is that not going to happen they're going to probably start spring training we'll we'll see when they start spring training that's obviously a question too is um you know can they get clarity on the dh which is still very much a chip in play for both sides um you know can they get that or is that where mac carpenter fits now I, i you know you're right i mean there are different ways they could go um, it would not be unusual for them to do the kind of move like they did last year on the eve of spring training, which was, uh, you know, Brad Miller, um, sort of a left-handed bat off the bench, a versatile guy who can play a bunch of different positions. Um, they always kind of ha- have their eyes out for that kind of guy, and that's that that would help this this team. I'm not sure, you know, if, uh, you know, they're pitching – you know, you could see how they could maybe take the temperature of their pitching depth, um, see where Carlos Martinez is, see where Alex Reyes is, um, see where Miles Michaelis is, um, and start understanding through exhibition games if they need to add depth there. Uh, so we go back to 
Let's see. Walt Jockety and John Mosellock, uh Derek mm-hmm. Gould, Larry Walker, <laughs> uh, you know, Matt yeah. Holiday. You know, there's a real connection here between St. Louis and Colorado, and I do want to finish Kyle. with this. Daryl Kyle, of course. I want to finish with this, your uh, great story in the post-dispatch about Matt Holiday and Nolan Arenado's relationship. What does Matt uh, – I want people to buy a newspaper or, or go online and read the story, but uh, in general, what does Matt think of Nolan, two that are certainly very fond of each other and of the Rockies and Cardinals? Well, Nolan was, in fact, fond of the Rockies at one point. Yeah, he may still yet be at some point in time or at least want the best for them. Um, you know, I get that sense just from talking to former Rockies, whether it's Larry Walker or Matt Holiday, who I've both had the chance to talk to um, actually this offseason for different reasons. But, um, you know, they both have a fondness for the Rockies and want them to do well. A lot of that is rooted in, like, you know, if I'm being honest, a lot of that's rooted in, you know, something similar to my fondness for the Rockies just because of that area um, and what that that ball that ball club means to that area and the fan base there and to finally have baseball but that's that's a conversation for another day uh what what holiday you know there's a lot of similarities between holiday and arenado in the sense that they're just both like baseball nuts um you you know this tom from talking with matt through the years is i mean that he is a guy who will love to talk baseball um when i spoke to him he was get this at the cage with his kids um they were hitting you know he works with the oklahoma state baseball team down there um and we know that his brother coaches and arenado you know would come in for the offs come into stillwater oklahoma from california in the winter to spend a week there Talking baseball, playing baseball. Uh, Holiday said they're going to try to put together a wiffle ball World Series because anytime Arenado can compete at something close to baseball, he's going to do it, including wiffle ball. Um, he's a guy who is a relentless worker. And already, like yesterday and already today, to be honest, I've received a similar text message from former teammates of Arenado or, uh, you know, folks, and they're like, and all of them have the same kind of theme as, you know, those great plays that he makes. Like that, he makes them because he practices them, and I get I, I watch him. I watch him when I go there to BP um, in Coors Field. I watch him practice this. I mean, he does those blind throws from the other side of the foul line to first base. He practices that because how else are you going to do it um, than than practice it? And it's just funny that you mention it because that's what all these former players are saying. And Holiday has seen that, you know, Holiday saw it firsthand, saw, you know, Arenado hit ground balls to Arenado there um, in Stillwater with his oldest son Jackson at shortstop and Arenado at third base and saw them work on things and saw how Arenado went about his business. And then also saw the text messages and got the phone calls later in the spring as Arenado, when he had time, would watch Oklahoma State baseball and mm-hmm. comment on what was going on with Holiday's team because he just adores baseball. I think that kind of sounds like a town I live in. Yes, I think it's a perfect fit. I really do. And uh, Cardinals fans are excited. There's no doubt about it. We'll continue to wait until we get uh, that official word. Derek will be tying it all together in the post-dispatch, as he always does. KMOX will be reporting and following as well and eventually uh, airing those games. And it's going to be a lot of fun, that's for sure. Derek, I really appreciate the time this morning. Have a great rest of your day. And thank you for being on Sports on a Sunday morning. Always a pleasure, Tom. Nice to catch up with you.
Thanks. Yeah, great to talk to you as always, my friend. Derek Gould, beat writer for the Post-Dispatch, covering the St. Louis Cardinals. Back in a moment with Xavier Pinson. What a game he had. 36 points yesterday for Derek's school, the Missouri Tigers. They beat TCU in overtime. That's next on KMOX. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Tom Ackerman back with you on KMOX. I've been watching Mizzou basketball a long time, and I can't remember a performance that got me out of my chair as much as the one yesterday from Xavier Pinson. X put on a show yesterday, 36 points. He knocked down eight threes as the Tigers had to rally late and finish TCU in overtime, 102-98 in a just wild game in Columbia. It's a shame that uh, you couldn't have uh, a ton of fans in there. X, thanks for joining us on KMOX Live. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me. Yeah, that was fun yesterday, wasn't it? And a little nerve-wracking and everything else mixed in between. But as your coach, Conzo (laughs) Martin, always says, you need some grit and some toughness to get through these games. And that's kind of the hallmark of this team, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I would say. But, I mean, yeah, it was kind of nerve-wracking. But, I mean, we did pull it out in the end. Yes, you did. You got it done. And what is it like, uh, Xavier, when you – first of all, just shooting the basketball, when you have a day where things are just going in for you and you just feel it, does it feel different? What does that feel like? I mean, I just feel, I mean, composed. I feel like and poised. I mean, like Coach and the rest of the coach staff always say just, I mean, when you're shot ready and you're low and ready to shoot, I mean, most of my shots go in. So I was just focused on that and the fundamentals. So, I mean, that's pretty much it for that part. Yeah, I hear that. Um, you you had 36 points yesterday. Uh, you had uh, just a, a great day overall, but I mentioned the threes. Eight of 13 from three, a tremendous day. Your previous high was four. Uh, eight of nine from the free throw line and four assists to, to add to that, by the way, to win this game, 102-98. How did Mizzou do it? How did you put it together? You were down 10 with 3.07 to go. Maybe take us through what you, what you can describe in those last few minutes to hold down a TCU team that really was moving the ball and scoring pretty well, but you made some adjustments defensively to kind of stop them, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I would say for about 38 minutes of the game, the defense was totally like it was just basket for basket pretty much. Like the defense was terrible, I can say that, about on our end. I mean, but, I mean, during those three minutes, we just had to, like Coach say, you got to have grit and you got to have toughness. I, I feel like my guys and I, we just locked in and tried to reel off stops and tried to come down and score. And, I mean, we did just that. But, I mean, of course, next game we probably can't put ourselves in a position like that. But this game was just one where, I mean, we showed, I mean, growth, I feel like, for ourselves. Because, I mean, that was a close one. And, I mean, I feel like nobody thought we was going to pull that out, and we did. So, I feel like that was a that was a good game for us as a team. And, I mean, it, that's a good confidence boost for us. For sure. It tells you, you know, hey, 
we can do anything. I mean, look back at the TCU game. I mean, let's not give up on if the if you were to get in that situation again. Hopefully, you don't. Uh, Xavier Pinson, Kobe Brown was everywhere, wasn't he? I mean, what a game! I mean, he has thirteen rebounds. We had him on the show recently. He's fun to talk to, as you are. Uh, he knows the game, and this guy was just all over the basketball, wasn't he? Man, I wish I can. I could just. I don't know. Like, after the game, and I told him over and over again after the game, I just told him, like, bro, don't let these points and stuff fool you. Like, those rebounds and the tough stuff that you did, I mean, that was really the close of the game. Like, all the rebounds and stuff that he was grabbing, they were, they were super important. And, uh, I mean, for him to kick out and not be selfish and try to lay it up because – we talked about the situation. I told him freshman year, he probably would have tried to get the rebound and go back up for a layup, and that wouldn't have done nothing for us, basically. And he was just like, yeah, I got the rebound, and, and immediately saw you, and I'm just like, man, I'm proud of you. I mean, that just shows growth and, and who he is, I feel like. But, I mean, I'm, I'm super proud of Kobe, first and foremost. I feel like – I mean, I feel like, like we said, he's the unsung hero in that game. Just, he did. He was all over the place. And he created yeah, he, a lot of opportunities, second opportunities for us. He is really coming to his own. You're right, and you know there's it's a split second where you have to make the decision. And he saw you on the wing, and you knocked it down, sent this game into overtime, and Missouri wins it 102-98. And then Tilly, I mean Jeremiah Tillman, what in the world? I mean this there. I'd like to know: Are there? Better big men in the country than how he's playing right now. 33 points, 11 rebounds, 13 of 16 from the floor. They just couldn't stop him. I mean, they, they're trying to try, trying to guard him one-on-one, uh, Xavier, and that's that's just tough to do. Man, like I said with Kobe, same thing with JT. Um, I mean, I told him I'm proud of him, too. I, I mean, 33 and 11, that's, that's pretty tough. I mean, I don't even look at numbers or nothing like that, but just the product, the production that he's been giving us this entire season, is, and especially in conference, I feel like, man, that's you can't ask for more out of any big man. I mean, rebound. I mean, take advantage of any one-on-one opportunity you have in the post. And I mean, most mostly, if you look at the percentages, I mean, most of the time he's gonna score. I feel like, I mean, you can't as a point guard, you can't be comfortable with any other big. I feel like. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Xavier Pinson's with us. There, I could talk about every player on this team. There were so many that contributed, but uh, this was a, a really nice win for the 12th-ranked team in the country, 102-98 in overtime. Final thing, Xavier, you're from Chicago. You made your way to Mizzou. I guess the two-part question is, uh, what did you like about what Conzo Martin was telling you about the program, and how did you think your game uh, would fit this? How would you describe your game and how it's maybe developed over time? Um, I would describe my game as, I mean, I, I get in where I fit in, really. First and foremost, I want to get my teammates better, and if I need to score the ball, I can. But, I mean, what I liked about Mizzou was that they were the only school that, like, didn't tell me anything I wanted to hear, to be honest. Like, it was kind of awkward for me because I know during the process I wanted to go to a school that was like a dream school. Like, oh, this is like perfect. It looks nice. It's everything. It's, and right. the coach is telling me this. Oh, I'm going to do this. So I feel like I have to get out of that comfort zone of trying to go wherever it was comfortable for me. And 
with Plus Martin being the guy that he is, with his honesty and his, I mean, he's very trust, trustworthy. I mean, responsible. He, he teaches his players everything. So I feel like just coming here and, and seeing how everything was real and, like, I didn't hear anything like, oh, you're going to come here and start, like, forever. You're going to start from the jump. No, it was, you're going to come here and, I mean, you got you got the talent to start, but, you know, you got to put the work in. You got to do all the right things off the floor, you know. So, I mean, that that really caught my attention because that things like that can help you become a better man in life. And I feel like that's really much what – that's basketball is my dream, but I feel like there's no me, there's no basketball without becoming a better man. And that's what I was looking for. And I found He's that in Coach Martin. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great teacher, that, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Mizzou wins this game 102-98 in overtime over TCU, but as X will tell you right there, there's a lot more to it, uh, what this program does day-to-day. Pretty impressive. I appreciate you joining me this morning uh, after a big day yesterday, and uh, congratulations on your big 36-point performance, but mostly on a victory for Mizzou, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you very much for the time. Thank you, Kevin. Great to have him. There's Xavier Pinson live with us on Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. Travis Ford is coming up next, the head coach of the Billikens. But before we do that, you know, there's another team in the region that is back. I would say Illinois. They look really good right now. Coming off their win over Iowa, Coach Brad Underwood, what does he think? Well, first of all, I'm disappointed. Uh, There was not 15,500 fans here. And uh, I know Fran as as a huge competitor. Uh, we were talking before the game. You said the same thing. Uh, this this building would have been electric tonight. But uh, high level college basketball game, as as uh, seems like all of our contests are with uh, with Iowa, um, you know, kind of a, a, a strange game. And there was two halves. First half was very up tempo, very fast, very free flowing, uh, hard to get stops. Uh, looked like two teams that were well rested and and uh, played with a ton of energy. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the second half turned into, you know, a real high-level college basketball game, just grinding it out, smash mouth. Really proud of our guys. Uh, got stopped when we needed to against a team that I think is uh, arguably one of the two or three best offensive teams in college basketball. So uh, great job in the second half uh, on Garza. Uh, holding him under 20 is no easy task. Uh, Camp is a pro, uh, made hard made some hard shots. We gave him a couple clean ones. Uh, the job Trent Frazier did on, on Bohannon, uh, you know, we talked a lot about last time he was in this building, he had 29. Uh, and the job that uh, Trent did tonight uh, just goes along with my disappointment of him not being on the uh, Naismith award list for defensive player of the year, just because he doesn't get a ton of steals. Uh, but his job is tremendous. And then, you know, when Io Desumu, Locks in and guards like that tonight. Uh, he is the best player in college basketball, in my opinion. So uh, he was phenomenal in the first half. Uh, Trent was terrific. And then the job Jacob Grandison did uh, throughout with a double-double, his energy. Uh, he had a big three late. Uh, we're, we're all key. And, you know, on a night when it was when it was tough for Adam, he got out of rhythm uh, with a couple early fouls. Corbello came in and, and, and really did a nice job. And... Uh, you know, and then I thought Georgie, especially in the second half, was uh, was outstanding. So 
a great win uh, against a very, very good basketball team, and uh, it was a heck of a college basketball game. Illinois beat Iowa 80-75 to the other night. They did it on Friday, and I would not argue with that. Io DeSumo, you know what I think of him. I think that there are times where I see him, and he is the best player in college basketball. I, I just uh, I'm, I'm blown away by what he does for Illinois. They're good. Look out. They're 19th in the country. They beat Iowa 80-75. to When we come back, another good team. That's St. Louis University. Got to get them back on the court, though. Travis Ford, the head coach of the Billikens, is next live on KMOX. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Oh, yeah! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to the show. Tom Ackerman with you. Been a fun show so far. Derek Gould talking about Nolan Arenado. Boy, did that send shockwaves through the baseball world. We'll see when that gets officially announced. Won't have John Moselock today, president of baseball operations, as you can understand. This is something that he's continuing to uh, presumably uh, make official, so we're not getting any word from the club on that until that does happen. Uh, We also had Xavier Pinson last segment. 36 points for him. Joined us live. We really appreciate it. Lots of good stuff coming in the 11 o'clock hour. Right now we have the head coach of the St. Louis Billikens, Travis Ford. Boy, I love when you come on, Coach, but I I really like it after wins. i got to get you back on the basketball court. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm doing good. Doing good. I'm I'm in 100% agreement with you at – it would be uh, – I love being on, but I wish we were talking about a game today. So Yeah, that's right. Absolutely right. I'm actually here in Terre Haute. I'm looking at the Holman Center across the way here. It's where Larry Bird used to play. I'll have the Indiana State-Bradley game if you want to watch that and give you a little entertainment this that afternoon. That's, that's a should, should, be, uh, should be a good game. <laughs> Indiana State obviously is a team that we played uh, earlier in the year and uh, have a lot of respect for them. And uh, – Bradley's got a lot of tradition. So, yeah, good good place yeah. to be. Yeah, back-to-back <laughs> NCAA tournament uh, berths for, for the Bradley Braves. And, you know, for your team, I know you're taking a hard look at the Atlantic 10. You want to get some games under your belt. You have uh, now an official announcement on scheduling. So you've added some games, right, and kind of moving some stuff around for next week with LaSalle and St. Bonaventure. Yeah, for sure. We uh, obviously extremely, you know, unfortunate at this point we couldn't play the game at Richmond, we were there, ready to play, prepared to play, and um, for different reasons, it uh, uh, wasn't played. Um, and we added LaSalle. We're going to LaSalle on Wednesday uh, of this week, and then we have St. Bonaventure coming in here uh, Saturday. So those two games were not on the schedule uh, that we've added. Got it. And KMOX will have them both. KMOX will have the 6 o'clock tip on Wednesday against LaSalle, and we will have the 1 o'clock game on Saturday against St. Bonaventure. Bonnie's uh, playing well this year, aren't they? Boy, the A-10's got some teams. Yeah, St. Bonnie's is really, really good. Similar to us, they've got uh, all their top players returning from last season. Uh, you know, had a good year last year. You know, You look at the A-10, I think there's legitimately – seven to eight teams that could beat anybody. Obviously, anybody can beat each other, but could beat anybody in the country. When you start talking about the Rhode Islands and the VCUs, Dayton, uh, Davidson, St. Bonaventure, you go down the line, there's a lot of really, really good teams in our league. Absolutely right. And your game against Dayton, I mean, 
What, how would you, I know you've talked about it already to the assembled media, and you've, you've mentioned it, and you have a coach's show tomorrow, but just for the purposes of us here on this Sunday morning, now that you've had some time to reflect and watch the tape, what did you think overall of that game uh, against Dayton where you were in that one for a while and they just were able to pull away? Well, we gave up 12 threes. In our two losses, we've given up double-digit threes, and uh, that's just not a recipe for success uh, or to get a win. We shot 52% from the field, 20 assists, 10 turnovers. Those are winning numbers. Um, but we were, you know, we go three for 13 from three. So we're basically, you know, we're scoring twos, they're scoring threes. And, uh, you know, that, that was the bottom line. Now, going back and looking at it, out of their 12 threes, I thought six of them, we were right there in their face. One of them, they actually double clutched at the end of a shot clock, made it. Another one, the guy was falling out of bounds at the end of a shot clock in the corner, makes it. You know, those are things when you're a team on the road trying to upset a good team. Those are things you got to do. So we, you know, give Dayton credit, and that's what I told our team. They, they, they did what they had to do to beat us, and that's make twelve threes. They did that, and now you have some time to to get yourself uh, to LaSalle to play a game in St. Bonaventure on Saturday. Originally, that was at GW, but that game has now been postponed. And I, I'm not going to pry into what goes on behind the scenes in terms of COVID and your medical staff being aware. I know there's you know a lot of privacy when it comes to health but just overall you have to after being through all of that and then that happening in the Richmond game you have to try don't you to not let frustration bleed throughout your room I mean do you know what I'm getting at I mean it's it's like have to find a way to keep this team moving forward and basketball focused 100 percent I mean these are challenges we've never been through before as far as you know obviously missing seven, eight games, you know, 80% of your team gets sick in the middle of the season with, with, the, with the virus. Um, but it, it is extremely frustrating. Um, it's definitely unfortunate, but these are all things out of our control. Um, you know, and that's what I tell our team. You can't sit around worrying about or feel sorry or being and and we got to get over being frustrated because we can't control all the things that have happened we have to control uh everything going forward and you know again who knows what's going to happen um you just take it one literally one day at a time and worry about the things that we can control that's right and travis ford is with us so so what uh what's next for your team how do you Get yourselves ready. You got some practices. Do you do you ramp it up here for the next couple of days before you depart? Yeah, you know, we came home. We didn't, uh, you know, on Friday when we were supposed to play Richmond. It was such a crazy day, and uh, you know, and that actually we were there, and all the what it happened starting Thursday night late while we were there. The phone call we received, um, and then. You know, we we had to get our doctors involved and make some decisions, and we let you know we we leave it to them when it comes to that. Uh, they they are the experts. They tell us what you know what we can do, what we can't do, um, and things like that. So that and and that took half the day Friday. So we didn't get home to like five thirty or six o'clock Friday. So we were off. We didn't do anything Friday. We didn't practice anything Friday. We actually got back on the court yesterday and went hard. 
went really, really hard because we have to take off again today per NCAA rules one day off a week, and your week starts on Sunday. So, it, it, again, the craziness is still going. You know, you know, we're, we've, we've taken two days off out of the last three, and we'll get back at it starting to prepare for LaSalle tomorrow. Looking forward to it, and uh, just so people are aware, you know, both sides, again, the schools don't reveal details of, of how that all transpired, but uh, that, that game was postponed against Richmond, and now here they are waiting for LaSalle on the road and St. Bonaventure on Saturday. Billikens ranked in the top 25. You definitely are respected, I'll tell you that, as, uh, as we move forward here, Coach, and, and I appreciate you joining us on KMOX as always. Reminder, the Coaches Show is tomorrow at 6 o'clock on KMOX. What a really cool thing is you can actually do a live look-in at how that show is made. Bob Ramsey hosts it. Travis Ford is in his office, and you can watch it live on the KMOX Sports Facebook page and also the St. Louis University Athletic Department uh, puts that out on social media as well. Coach, thank you so much for the time. Best to you, and you know that uh, once you get back on the court, uh, you'll be – where you feel most normal, coaching basketball. Absolutely. Let's get it done. Yep. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank I you. appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Thank you. Coach Ford with us. Always great to chat with him. Uh, James O'Sullivan is our producer. When we come back at 11.05 after the news, Josh Klingler, the sideline reporter for the Kansas City Chiefs, will talk about the Super Bowl, and then Becky Sauerbrunn, the captain of the United States women's national team on KMOX. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.